0: Hello, and welcome to the Mobile User Acquisition Show, a podcast to help you unlock tremendous growth for your app. My name is Shamant Rao. I'm the CEO of the boutique growth marketing firm, Rocketship HQ, and host of the podcast, Mobile User Acquisition Show. In each episode, we feature experts in the field of mobile growth and discuss strategies, tips, and pointers from the leading edge of mobile growth marketing. By the end of each episode, you will have gained actionable and tactical insights that will help you make more informed decisions in your own work around growth. The Mobile User Acquisition Show is produced by Meryl Vincent, Content Marketing Manager at Rocketship HQ. Our guest today is Eva Juricic. Eva manages growth marketing for Pocket Worlds, where she manages user acquisition and growth for the app Highrise. In today's episode, we talk about her experience in scaling TikTok campaigns well into six figures monthly. We talk about campaign structures, testing paradigms, approach to creators, and much, much more in this deep dive on all things TikTok. I'm very excited to welcome Eva Eurotich to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Eva, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show because we've talked a bunch of times I've been very impressed with really how sharp you are and how on top of things you are. And today, particularly, I'm excited to talk to you because you're among the very few folks I know that has scaled TikTok massively and very significantly. Can you talk, uh, you know, and I would love to dive into more details, what are some of the factors that contributed at a high level to scaling TikTok massively, and to the extent you're able to share, what's the kind of scale you guys have attained?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, we we're talking about scaling the game High Res, which is a virtual world, virtual like metaverse for people you know, go in, express themselves. They can build a world they kind of own, their avatar, rooms, experiences, and so on for them and their friends. So this game, in its essence, has the community and everything evolves around the community. So you can join crew or meet new people if you're kind of there for the first time on your own. And then together you can participate in events and build pretty much anything you want. So higher as as app and games trying to be a platform and really kind of provide these tools for users to build a world. So if you kind of know that about high rise, long story short, we kind of tested a bunch of media sources in general, like over time and social media showed to work the best for high rise. We think this is because of that community part and that social part of the app. So TikTok, we assumed we had like a good chance of figuring out how to make it work for us. So we conducted a lot of creative testing, essentially using different approaches, concepts, variations of creatives that we had success with on other platforms. So we tested everything we thought might work well, including ideas we weren't sure about. But as you know, TikTok does require a bit different approach. As anyone, any like TikTok user can tell you the same. So with that in mind, we began creating content that we thought would be fun, informative, or valuable for users. Um, Mm -hmm. So instead of using video ads, which we tested a lot, we began creating content and posting on our TikTok page and account. And then once we created that, we used it to spark that content, aka, you know, Do the Spark ads. And then this is where magic started happening for us. User generated content, UGC type of ads really helped us scale on TikTok, especially on iOS, which had been a struggle for us prior to scaling TikTok.
0: Yeah, right. So it sounds like the fact that the game was very social, the app itself was very social contributed. And the fact that you guys leaned into UGC using Spark ads, using stuff that your audience was already making. I think a lot of these contributed. Right. So can you help me understand how you guys test creatives? What does the testing structure look like? What geos do you test in? What metrics do you optimize for? How do you account for iOS data delays and iOS data issues?
1: Yeah, so we started with tier one geos, mainly the US, as it's our biggest and most profitable market. Mm-hmm. With TikTok scaling and being like this big social media in US, we're just like, okay, let's start there. So this structure was changed and adopted over time. So on TikTok, you have campaigns, ad sets, and then ads. So ad sets are limited to 20 ads. And we had a lot mm-hmm. to test in the beginning with frequent yeah, ad yeah. It was like a lot. Our yeah. main key was just like, okay, what works? Like what resonates with people on TikTok and our audience? So for that reason, we had in the beginning our business as usual ad set and then a separate one, separate ad set with creatives to test and gather data. As we saw mm-hmm. something performing well, we would add it to our business as usual ad set. As we mm-hmm. figured out what works over time, we left with kind of one key ad set, which would have our top performers competing with the new creatives, and that showed to work mm-hmm. well for us. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of a, maybe risky to test in the beginning, all the suggestions and advice coming from our success managers. And just in general on advertising on TikTok said, you know, I'll do it separately and things like that. So we tested both and see, you know, this just kind of for us work well and just simplify things overall as well. Mm -hmm. One Mm -hmm. thing to note, it's really important to take into consideration rules and guidelines of TikTok. Mm -hmm. TikTok has uh, these rules and regulations based on like regions or even individual countries. So make sure to follow them and work with your customer success team to avoid your ads from getting flagged or your account suspended. Sure. So we did had more than a few of them, but I mean, general big no-nos include promoting or showcasing things or anything related to like guns, cigarettes, smoke and things like that. So actually we had one situation for Halloween when we were mm -hmm. showing like mist and ghosts or whatever, and it was flagged for promoting smoking (laughs) because it shows
0: smoke. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, So
1: you had like very like false flags and there are like a lot of those. So we are trying to... You know, when we're creating yeah. ads, we really kind of take those into account.
0: Yeah, I know folks who have trouble because of alcohol-related rules. They're like, "Yeah, we just showed this beer bottle, and what's happening?" You know, it yeah. can be somewhat capricious. Yeah. yeah, I would love to, you know, just follow up on some of the mechanics of testing that you described. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I know you said you eventually moved to a setup where your business as usual ad sets have. New creators plus older ones. Why did you guys move to that setup? And I also asked because again, that sort of setup on feed just doesn't work on Meta, just because Meta privileges older ads so much. Uh-huh. And I know TikTok has a very similar setup, although I don't think favoring older ads is so extreme on TikTok. So, what was the thinking behind putting new ads along with the older ads in a business as usual ad set?
1: so that was my starting point as well being familiar with meta facebook and how we conduct a b testing or just testing creatives in general so we just gave it a go and our rule was okay if we have enough data to make conclusions we'll just continue doing that so if we have minimum of 5k impressions and a couple of instals we can say like okay we have some sort of data. In the beginning, we would have that uh, benchmarks much higher. But with doing this mm-hmm. a lot and testing it, we would kind of leave creatives together, more data, but nothing really changed. If it wasn't performing, like if the click rate was low in the beginning, just if you add more Stop. impressions, it won't improve. <laughs> so th- that was our thing. So sometimes TikTok it kind of have to give it a check because we would see spend on the ads that are necessarily top performers. And th- this ad can also be new ads. So it doesn't have to be, oh, this is working and has been running for a while. Let me just ignore the new ads. So we don't see this happening on TikTok. Yet. Sure.
0: Yeah, right. So you're looking at even early signs with like 5,000 impressions. What is the click rate? If it's bad, you shut it off. If it's good, you know, and it sounds like you are able to compare older and newer ads side by side using Mm -hmm. that setup, right? But I know you mentioned iOS, right? So with iOS, there is still the scan data delay. So if you add a new ad, that takes like three, four days to get enough data. Mm -hmm. Uh, So is there anything you do to account for those delays? How do you work with that?
1: So honestly, what we do now is we primarily look at Android data separately, draw some conclusions, and then go ahead into iOS campaigns individually and trying to pick up the trends, which usually follow the same trend. If something That's is cool. working on Android, it's working on iOS as well. So actually you asked me about like the metrics we optimize towards. Mm-hmm. So we're focusing on creative metrics. So we do look at like conversion rates, IPM over time, taking into account that if something has been running for a while, IPM can go down. Creative fatigue tends to be much faster on TikTok. So we do look at IPM, but also day one retention. And then at the end of the day, CPI, because our goal is to reduce costs of install, and this is at the end of the day
0: key. Sure. And I know you said saturation is much faster on TikTok. How do you look at this saturation? How do you evaluate that it is actually happening? And how does it compare to, let's just say, meta or other channels in terms of saturation?
1: Yeah. So IPM, so this is like installs per thousand impressions. We are Mm -hmm. tracking that and how it changes or behaves over time. And we graph it out creative, and we can see how the new ads are comparing to already existing ones. And you can kind of really see over time how mm-hmm. that is looking like separately per ad or altogether. Till this day, we do these rotations weekly, so it's a very <laughs> quick rotation that we do. <laughs> And after every optimization, you can see like increase in performance, both IPMs, lower CPI. It's very consistent. So we're like, okay, sure. let's keep on doing
0: that. Sure. So if I understand correctly, you see an ad that's spending a lot, used to perform very well, starts to decline its IPM and you pause that. So the other ads will start to get spent and therefore your IPM goes up. Did I understand the process correctly?
1: Except that we pause it. We do not pause it unless we have creative that's outperforming it.
0: Right. Okay. Right. So yeah. something's getting a lot of spend, but performance is bad. Second best creative performance is great, but it's actually not getting spent. Mm. Then you kill the higher spending one. And
1: we actually have one ad that's been running like in two weeks is going to be one year. <laughs> oh, so wow. it's uh, yeah. consistently been, you know, top performer or among top three. But on TikTok, I haven't experienced something that I find in Facebook and like meta, however we're calling them now. (laughs) So in Facebook, if you have top performer, it's very hard to overthrow (laughs) that top performer. TikTok, I don't find that to be the case as much. We do have one ad that is like performed really well for a long time. But still, sure. some of the new ads come into first place as performers, but they don't necessarily stay there as long, Sure. but so there's a rotation. It's not sure. only you know, like sure. the one ad, and that's it.
0: Certainly, right, and I've certainly seen that as well. There's a lot more flux within TikTok, because on Facebook, oftentimes we see the ad that wins is the ad that everybody hates. <laughs> it's like, this is terrible, but you know, it's where you can't do anything about it. Really <laughs> on facebook we have
1: this one ad that we really really want to get rid of just because it's not very related to gameplay necessarily it's not not sure. but we have like better ones that actually show the sure. gameplay yeah we want to overthrow that one and we're
0: working sure. sure yeah and i know you did mention a big part of the success has been with creative and very specifically that you guys use actual users and their footage not like UGCs from actors or influencers. Can you tell us about the creative strategy? Describe how it works, please. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'll give you a bit of context and kind of story how that came to existence. So first of all, after testing a bunch of stuff, we clearly realized that UGC type of ads work well for us, even though we were the ones creating that. So recording your phone with another phone or device where you're clicking, creating avatar, then you show some gameplay, basically something like that. And then the next thing that we were thinking, I was like, okay, so UGC works. Why not let people actually create that TikTok content? People who do this daily, either like for work. So basically influencers, they create TikTok. We tested more than couple like micro influencer just trying to figure out like what really works. That was overall a fail. And we think this is the case because those influencers weren't actual users of high-rise. So unlike your puzzle game or any game you have like levels and there's like progression, we can see you know that might make sense, you know, and work with influencers, but high-rise. As you know, as I said, in its core is community. So if you're a high-rise user, you'll kind of know all these internal little jokes. You can't really fake it. (laughs) So our next idea based on our failure with influencers was, okay, why don't we reach out to our users and see if there are people that, you know, create TikToks on their own. So we had the in-game contest slash challenge. And in this case, users reached out to us, they would kind of post a TikTok video and we would see that, okay, these guys have potential. Let's kind of talk to them and see how to make this work. We tested and worked with a couple, but um, some went well, some not so much, but actually one user that performed their TikTok performed really well for us actually contact contacted us because they saw win-win. So we worked with them and they say, hey, you know, they sent us an email and came with a proposal with us saying, hey, I'll create TikTok content, I'll share it with you, I'll spark it with you. You can use it or not. Just like, let's see what happens. And we were like, I mean, sure, why not? We have like additional ads to test and see how it works. But basically, where they were coming from is from a win-win kind of situation. They were getting all these reach and all these impressions to their content and their profile that they wouldn't otherwise get. So that worked really well. And we were like, Mm -hmm. okay, let's find maybe more people that we can work with like this. And so we started doing that. So a lot more eyeballs on their content and profile, right? And for us, a native UGC content that worked really well for bringing in new users.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. And like you said, because it is a community, the fact that they are actual users makes a big difference. And from what you're also saying, it sounds like because you're putting money behind this as Spark ads, mm-hmm. they get new views, they get new followers. And that is a big incentive for any creator, uh, you know. They want to be influencers if they aren't already, right? And out of curiosity, you're getting this footage from creators. Is this typically in a shape that is ready to use as an ad, or does this require edits from your designers? I ask because, as you know, my team works with creators, and oftentimes we do go through some rounds of edits because I think the designers can make a big difference. But I'm curious what your experience has been.
1: For us, not at all. We do not edit our users' content at all. Sure. So for us, is we're like, we just want them to do whatever they're already doing. And if it works for us as an ad, great. If not, great. <laughs> we do share feedback with them. Just in general, more like technical things, you know, make sure to use commercial, use music so we are allowed to run that as Spark Ads. Do not use guns, cigarettes, smokes, you know, just kind of general guidelines. And just in general, maybe if we tested something in-house, creative-wise, we would just kind of tell them, it's better if you show your face. If that's not what they do, it's completely fine. It's still their content and we want that content to remain theirs you know, record with your phone, show what you're doing and explain what you're doing, just kind of a general guidelines. So there are no edits on our end. And primarily why we think this works, A, they are actual high-rise users. They know all the good things. They know the struggles. They know, oh, this is the desired item and super expensive, or this is the theme that's going on right now, whatever it is. The content they do it's very relatable <laughs> and it's yeah. not fake it's very you sure. know so sure. yeah we stay away from like editing their content they we're just like you do you and they're incentivized to improve it because right. if we run it for a longer time more impressions they get um, right. so if they ask and they do for feedback we tell them like hey maybe you can write yeah. yeah right on that feedback
0: oftentimes can point them to how to improve the quality of their output. And that certainly makes sense. But Is there any quantitative feedback you guys give or is it more like best practices?
1: It's more of a best practices. I mean, on their end, they see the impressions and engagement they get the comments, the likes on their videos. So they also have a little community there and they talk to the TikTok users. So. For us, if it's well-performing, video keeps running, so they see more sure. impressions, more engagement, more comments. Sure. Sure. Um, so it's more of a general feedback because sharing some numbers, I mean, we did that as well, but they're just not really interested because they sure. don't necessarily mean anything to them. Yeah. They're just like, okay, is this working? Oh, I'm getting a bunch of comments and people are liking this. Awesome. I'll do more of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that is quantitative feedback for them, right? That's the kind of quantitative feedback, which matters to them. Exactly. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, and we're coming up on time, but this has been incredibly fascinating just because, you know, like I said, not very many people have scaled and really doubled down on TikTok in the way that you have. This is perhaps a good place for us to wrap. But before we do that, can you tell folks how they can find out more about you and everything you do?
1: So, I'm working with Pocket Worlds, which is a developer of High Rise. I personally have a little consultancy myself. So, I think a good place is LinkedIn or for high Rise or anything, reaching out is good like social at pocketworlds.com. I'm there in that email as well. Or, if for whatever reason people want to reach out to me personally, I think LinkedIn is a good one or Eva at ClickBite
0: hr excellent we'll link to all of that in the show notes but for now Eva, thank you so much for being a guest
1: yeah thank you for having me this is really fun
0: thank you for listening to the mobile user acquisition show if any of this was helpful or instructive i would love for you to leave us a review or rating on itunes stitcher overcast spotify or wherever you get your podcast fix This podcast takes a ton of time, effort, and love to produce, and I deeply value every review and every piece of feedback that you share.